What is going on, everyone? This is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here in today's episode, we're going to talk about NFL head coaches that may or may not be on the hot seat. So we're going to take a look at them, say if we think they'll be fired or their jobs are safe. Uh, and then later on, we're going to review or as I should say, preview three NFL matchups for next week. Next week in the NFL is a stacked schedule. Lots of great matchups. We're going to take a look at three of them. Uh, we have a really good lock board to review, so I'm proud of the way everybody did in the lock board. We'll get to that. And then we'll go uh, around the NCAA and talk about some college football stories and take a look at the new rankings. So that's what's on the dock for this episode. Hopefully you guys enjoy. And now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's going on, guys? This is Eric, your ranting co-host here. I am finally back. Um, it's been I know it's been almost a month now. It actually would have been a month if the guys could have recorded the episode last night. So uh, I am glad to be back. Uh, had a fun trip uh, going went to two Jaguars games, even though they lost both of them. I was going to uh, ask if that was fun because of that or not. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, not that obviously the game wasn't fun, but, you know, experiencing a new stadium, you know, in Houston was cool. And in the Jags game, I got to, you know, hang out with Zach and my uncle Steve and my dad and Sierra. So, like, so that was all fun and seeing my family. I, but at the same time, I'm glad to be back home and glad to be recording another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. So I hope you guys enjoy tonight. And what is going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most, and, you know, kind of had a disappointing football week this week. UNC got blown out. The Steelers got blown out. Um, <clears throat> thankfully, App State managed to give my teams a little bit of respect by winning again. So, you know, seems like every seems like recently it's like I have to put my faith in Appalachian State every year, which is kind of weird. You'd think that the Steelers would uh, be doing better, but you know, go Mountaineers. Um, but I'm excited for this episode, excited to talk about some NFL and talk about, uh, you know, another good lockboard week that I had. So I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go ahead and get things started, guys. Um, we did something like this last year. Uh, this year, the set of head coaches that we're going to talk about that uh, could potentially be fired, I think it's a, a lot different of a set. Uh, there were so many lame duck head coaches last year, like Bill O'Brien, Doug Marone, and Adam Gase that like everybody agreed on was going to be fired. Like there was no questions on that. This time around, though, I think there's you know a good debate on both sides for almost all of these coaches. So let's get into things, guys. Um, the way we'll be doing this is the sliding meter. So we each have our pictures. On one end of the spectrum is safe. On the other end is the you're fired. Um, and then we'll just see where we fall uh, for each of us on all of these head coaches. So let's get things started and talk about the first uh, coach, Mike McCarthy for the Dallas Cowboys. What do you guys think, safe or fired? And there we go. <laughs> as, the dust, as the dust settles there on the first one, um, I have Mike McCarthy as being fired. Eric and Connor both have him as being safe. Eric, uh, describe why you think McCarthy is going to be safe. Um, I think Mike McCarthy is going to be safe just because the Cowboys are off to a pretty good start this season. And obviously, if there were to be some kind of 
disaster to happen and them go on some kind of crazy losing streak, then I would change my opinion. But they almost beat the defending champion Bucks in week one. And really, if their kicker hadn't screwed up, then they really would have Greg won. Greg the leg. Yeah, Greg the leg kind of choked that time. But the defense looked better against the Chargers, and they managed to get that win. And which right now, at the time of the recording, they're playing the Eagles right now at 7-7. Seven to seven, So who knows what will happen in that game by the time it's all said and done. But um, I just I think the Cowboys are off to a good of, enough of a start to where – I mean, I will say I think the grace period is over, though. Like that's So I do think if they have a bad year this year, then he very well could be fired. But I just I think they're off to too good of a start right now to really say, like, oh, he's probably fired. I'd, I'd say the seat's a little warm, but it's not hot. All right. And then I'm at the other end of the spectrum thinking he's going to get fired, mainly because I think him and Jones, I don't think, have the greatest relationship. And I could honestly see this as a situation where the Cowboys go – uh, they sneak into the playoffs, winning the division, and then they get bounced in the first round. And even losing in the first round of the playoffs, I don't think that guarantees his safety. I think if Jerry Jones doesn't like the way the team is going, if they have, you know, there's still lots of expectations for the Cowboys, I think, um, internally. And I just don't think Mike McCarthy's that inspiring enough of a head coach. I think it's definitely possible there could be some player input in the decision where, you know, players are just like, hey, we're not responding to Mike McCarthy's speeches or whatever. Like, we just don't like the way the team is going. Uh, I think it could be a situation uh, like the Titans had with Mike Malarkey where they fired him after the playoffs. Um, so I I could see him being safe, but right now I just, I think ultimately he does end up being fired, and I think it's going to be this year. Uh, the next coach on this list is going to be Matt Nagy. So safe or fired for Matt Nagy, guys? <laughs> I can't do that. Okay. Hard. There, yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube, there may be some weird movements with my picture. Cause I'm just hey, well, we know which one is yours, at least. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so the way this settled, um, I have Nagy. Opposite. The uh, opposite is last time, basically. I've got Nagy as safe. Eric and Connor have him as fired. Uh, so Connor, I I know how you feel about this one. Tell me, tell me why you think Nagy's gonna get fired. Well, I will say, you know, you and I actually broke our trend of disagreeing by agreeing a lot on the last episode about the buy and sell. But uh, seems like we're going back to our old ways here about disagreeing on stuff. But um, but yeah, Matt Nagy for me, I just think that his time in Chicago is up. Like I think the Bears or GM and organization has run out of patience. Um. You know, the Bears, they've been in a terrible QB situation for a long time. Um, you know, obviously all the years of the mediocre Mitch Trubisky. And then obviously this year with the whole, you know, Andy Dalton starting the season, you know, he looked OK um, in those first few games. But obviously he got hurt. And then, you know, it's only been a game and a half. But Justin Fields is looking really, really bad, um, which part of that is contributed to the bears offensive line, allowing the Browns to get nine sacks, you know, any, anytime you give up nine sacks, you know, the blame isn't solely on the quarterback, but even then like Justin Fields hasn't looked the greatest. And I just think like Chicago, they expect more out of this team. You know, they expect to be in the fight for the playoffs, especially when you look at the teams in the division right now, like obviously the Packers, 
Um, you know, they're the best team in the division right now, but with the way the Vikings and the Lions are looking and really just the NFC in general, the Bears are should, are expecting that they should be contending for the playoffs. And with the way that this season look like looks like it's going, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be um, I think they'd be lucky to get second place in the division. Like, I think the Vikings are going to move up ahead of them. Um, so, and I think just a losing season is not a good look for him. And I think they've given him enough time. So I think Matt Nagy is going to be fired at the end of this season. Yeah. And I, I think he's going to end up being safe actually. And the only reason I think it's going to, he's going to end up being safe is that I think that the ownership or whatever they gave him, you know, they allowed him to draft a rookie QB and they allowed him to stay on for that. So in my opinion, it doesn't make a ton of sense for them to want to fire him after just one season because whoever they bring in as their replacement head coach may or may not, you know, be on board with Justin Fields, who they spent a lot of draft capital to get. So the fact that they have him, and I don't think they they want Fields to be the long-term answer. So they're not just going to, you know, go back and draft a QB next year. I think they want Fields to be the answer, but they want a coach that is believing enough in fields. And I'm not sure if they hire a, an outside source that, that they're going to get it with him. I think he sh- probably should be fired, but just the way things are working with the bears right now, I think um, they're going to be expecting to be bad, especially if fields ends up continuing to play that he can have their rookie QB excuse. And uh, I think that's going to end up ultimately keeping him in Chicago for one more year. But uh, Vic Fangio, guys, is the next one on, on this list. So Broncos are off to a 3-0 and start. Vic Fangio, safe or fired? Vic Fangio. <laughs> All right. And the dust has settled on this one as well. Eric thinks Fangio is going to be safe. Connor and I are more on the fired side. So, Eric, uh, why is Fangio going to be safe for the Broncos? Uh, I think Fangio is going to be safe just because, I mean, obviously the Broncos have had a weak schedule to start off the season, but they're, they're playing really well. I mean, nobody, you know, nobody can deny that. Like they've been pretty, uh, dominant, especially in their last two games. So kind of, again, like with the Mike McCarthy thing, like, you know, if it falls off the rails, I could, you know, then see him being fired, but. Um, I don't know. The Broncos just seem to have a good thing going. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been a much bigger upgrade over Drew Locke. He's playing pretty well. Cortland Sutton's been doing well in his return from injury. And I know they haven't, you know, really been tested yet, but that defense is looking pretty good as well. So, I mean, if they keep this up, I don't really see how he could get fired barring a disaster. But I will say, kind of like with McCarthy, though, like, the seat is warm, but I think at least for now it's cooling down. All right. And then Connor, tell me why uh, you think he's going to be fired. I know it's going to have a lot to do. You don't, you're not sold with the Broncos wins right now. And you think they really need to go in, an, in another direction you know, as a team, right? Yeah. So, well, honestly, you know, I thought more about this too, since, you know, spoiler alert, we tried to uh, record this yesterday and that didn't go so well. So, um, but yeah, no, I think the thing for me with Fangio and the Broncos is that I honestly see this kind of more like how you saw the Cowboys situation with McCarthy. Like 
I mean, obviously, like Eric said, they haven't played the best competition. I mean, the Giants, the Jets, and the Jaguars, like three of the worst teams in the NFL right now. Um, but they still managed to, you know, like I said, they are 3-0. and But I could see this as a situation where they could, like, maybe sneak into the playoffs. Maybe. I mean, the AFC has a lot of good teams. Um, but they could maybe sneak into the playoffs. But they would, if they do that, I expect them to be a first-round boot. Um, you know, they would sneak in as probably, like, the seventh seed and then they'd probably get outed by someone like the Bills or um, the Titans or someone like that in the first round, so or the Browns. Um, so, And I think the thing for the Broncos, in my opinion, that the re- more so the reason also why I think he needs to be fired or why he will be fired is because I think the Broncos really need to go in a different direction as a team in the sense that they've had so many defensive-minded head coaches in the last, like, 10 years. I mean, other than the two seasons that they had Gary Kubiak, you know, they had John Fox, they had Vance Joseph, and now uh, Vic Fangio, who are all defensive-minded head coaches. And, you know, yes, this defense has looked really good, and it's, you know, uh, an up-and-coming defense. You know, you still have – I know Bradley Chubb's injured, but he should be coming back at some point this year. You know, they drafted Patrick Sertain, and he looks really good. But honestly, despite how good Sertain has been, I really think they should have spent that pick on a quarterback, like either Justin Fields or Mac Jones. Um because, you know, the quarterbacks that Elway has picked in the past have not worked out. Um, case in point, Drew Locke as uh, one of the main ones. And I really think they need to bring in a younger offensive-minded head coach to really get this organization going in the right direction. Um, because it's really, that's what's held them back for so long ever since Peyton Manning left. And, you know, this defense isn't at the level of what the defense was in 2015 when like Von Miller was a total beast and they still had DeMarcus Ware and they still had the no fly zone with a keep to leave and Chris Harris. Like this isn't that defense. It's a good defense, but it's not a number one defense like that was. So um, I really just think an offensive minded younger head coach to bring in and develop a new quarterback would really help this team a lot. And I think the organization's thinking that too. All right. Zach Taylor is the next one, guys, for the Bengals. Eric, you good where you're at? Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, okay. staying, I'm staying put. Okay. All right. So, guys, we all agree on something here. Uh, we we all agree that Zach Taylor is going to be safe. I'll speak on this one quickly. Um, it's Zach speaking about Zach. <laughs> I have to do it. I have to do it. Uh, <laughs> So the the reason I think Taylor's going to be safe is the Bengals right now they're they're an up and coming type team. Is Taylor's going into his third year as the coach, uh, second year with Burrow, and they're showing signs of improvement already this season. I don't the Bengals as a team aren't the type to make uh, head coaching changes very often. You know they had Marvin Lewis for so long, even when <laughs> he was for, losing. Thank you for that, Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, with Taylor, it seems like they're, while I'm not sold on him specifically, I do think they're going in the right direction. Kind of like the Arizona Cardinals, uh, in my opinion. Like, you know, they struggle with the rookie QB and then they show signs of improvement in the next couple of years. And they're hoping to be a potential playoff team in the in the future. So I think they like where things are at with Taylor. That So far, it's been a success this season. Uh, I really think he's going to end up being safe, mainly because he's on the Bengals. And also, uh, I think he's going to be showing enough signs of improvement to keep him safe. 
Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, speaking of the Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, the next one on the warm seat here. So for Kingsbury, safe or fired, guys? I'm staying put again. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna stay put. Okay, so we're we're all in agreement on this one as well that Kingsbury is gonna be safe. So Eric, do you want to talk on why you think Kingsbury is gonna be safe for the Cardinals? Yeah, I mean, I think the the Cardinals are just you know too good this year and kind of similar with the way you talked about with uh you know, the Bengals situation. It's kind of the same thing. Like you know, Kyler Murray has been you know getting better and better and the defense is playing better and their offense, like we talked about, or I heard y'all talking about mass that I talked about, like if I was in there, I wasn't in there. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the, in the buyer sell episode, you know, we're comparing Arizona's offense to KC because they're that good. Like, I mean, I just, I just don't see any way he gets fired. I mean, the Cardinals will, obviously they're going to lose some games just because of how tough their division is. I mean, but they're definitely, I just I don't see any scenario where they don't make the playoffs. But I mean, and Kingsbury makes very questionable decisions, like going for that sixty-eight yard field goal against the Jags that got ran back for a touchdown. And you know, he he makes some weird decisions. But I think the talent on the team is just so good that they're going to win enough games that like ownership and management won't notice the deficiencies. I I just think this team is just too good. Yeah, I know Zach and I have talked about this, like the fact that he's like the one coach on this list where like we definitely think he should be fired, but we know he probably won't just because the Cardinals are too good. Um, But like just the questionable decisions and just really his coaching style, honestly, like it, it's not really a good fit for the NFL. But I mean, as long as the Cardinals are winning, like they're not going to fire him, obviously, like you'd be crazy to do that. Yeah, yeah. That, yep. We all agree on that one, guys. We're starting to agree some more. Mike Zimmer for the Minnesota Vikings is the next coach up. So he's been with the Vikings for a while. He's on the hot seat. Fired or safe for Zimmer? I'll stay put again. Okay. All right. So we have Eric on the safe side, and Connor and myself think he's going to be fired. So, Connor, tell us why you really think uh, Minnesota needs a change with Zimmer going out. Yeah, I think it's just time for Minnesota to move on from him. Like they they've had so many middling years and especially I think the big kicker for me with Mike Zimmer especially is the fact that, you know, Mike Zimmer is supposed to be one of these defensive geniuses at head coach and yet the Vikings defense has been so putrid especially for the last 3 years and it's like okay, how can you have, you know, at least when you look at teams like the Broncos and the Steelers like, you know, they have defensive minded head coaches and while like they haven't been the greatest, at least they've had good defenses. So at least like they're doing their job in that sense. It's like Mike Zimmer can't even do his job in that sense of having a good defense. Um, So I definitely think they need, it's time for them to move on from him. You know, they got that win over the Seahawks this week, which was big, but before that it was an Owen two start. albeit they were close games um, against, you know, decent teams, the Bengals and the Cardinals, but you know, still losses nonetheless. And it's just, I think, again, this is kind of similar to me, I think, with the Broncos situation where I think they need to bring in more of an offensive minded head coach and develop a new quarterback. Because, you know, we all on the podcast agree that like we can't trust Kirk Cousins as far as we could throw him. So, you know, I think it's time for the Vikings to move on from him and try and bring in another quarterback. I mean, it depends on how they finish this year, if they're going to have a chance at that. But 
you know, at least try to change things up because especially when Kirk Cousins' contract runs out because, you know, it's they need to move on from him and they need to move on from Zimmer. Otherwise, they're going to be stuck in mediocrity, in my opinion. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree with you there. So, Eric, why why do you disagree with us? You think he should stay on or will well, stay not, on? I'm not going to disagree. Yeah. I mean, in the because I, I, I do agree in the sense that I do think he should be fired. I, I I think he's had long enough. But, I mean, there were a couple of little things. You know, if they'd gone opposite, they would have won that Bengals game. And then, you know, it's not the coach's fault when the kicker misses a, you know, short, like, medium range field goal to win the game i mean if if a couple things go differently this team's sitting at three and oh right now and it's kind of like i think he's going to have the momentum on his side i think they're going to beat the lions easily the way the bears are playing right now i think they're going to beat the bears easily i i i have a barring even barring you know, a bunch of injuries to the team or something. I think this team gets in the playoffs and I think he's going to do enough to convince the ownership that they should give him one more year. But I definitely don't disagree with you guys in the sense that I think he needs to be let go. I do think Minnesota needs to move on, but I just, the, the way, the way things are looking for Minnesota this year, I, I don't think it's going to happen. All right. And one more coach to discuss before we move on. A uh, real interesting case here, but Joe Judge for the New York Giants going into his second year. Where where do you guys stand on Joe Judge? All right, so I'm taking the middle here. I'm not picking a side. I'm just I'm just <laughs> going straight in the middle on this one. I, if I was the Giants, I don't know what what to what they would do. Safe or fire? This is one. If you're making bets on these things, I would stay away from this. But uh, Eric and Connor both have him on the fired side. So, Connor, why why, uh, why do you think Judge is going to be fired? I mean, the Giants are just such a dumpster fire right now. I mean, the fact that, you know, they were able to – they looked like kind of decent at the end of last year. You know, their defense was getting better. And, you know, Daniel Jones was playing okay like still not playing great, but he was playing okay and well enough to be able to, you know, keep going. But especially just the start they're off to this year, like the fact that, you know, I mean, they're 0-3 and really like they have two games under their belt that they should have won. You know, they should have beat the Washington football team. Um, You know, for some reason, Daniel Jones always plays well against them. I saw some crazy stat like during that game that, in his career up to that game, he was 4-0 against Washington, but like 4-17 and against all the rest of the teams. Um, so half of his wins as a QB came against Washington. But And like they really probably should have beaten Atlanta this week too. I know obviously they had the injuries to Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard in that game. But I mean, there's no excuse for how bad this team's been playing. When you get Saquon Barkley back, you bring in Kenny Galladay. Like the defense still has all of its pieces and you just look like a dumpster, a team that's competing for the number one pick. And, you know, the Giants historically have also not had much patience with their uh, head coaches. I know I can't remember the name of the head coach before Joe Judge, but he got fired after like two seasons. Um, it was uh, Pat Shermer, I think. Right, like Pat Shermer. Yeah. And then like, again, the guy before him. that Ben I also McAdoo. Ben McAdoo, that's right. He got yep. fired after a couple seasons. Like the Giants aren't a patient organization. Um, so if anything... If the Giants, I mean, they look like they're headed for the seller of the NFC East this year. Like the Eagles look like they're a little bit better. 
um, than the Giants. So if especially if they finish last, which I expect them to, then he's going to be fired, in my opinion, no question. There, yeah. The reason, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, the reason I'm in the middle on this is just because, like, it, they're a trash team. Like, you know, the team is so bad. It's going to be like, is it really his fault, or is it just the team is so bad? And then he... And here's another thing too is like he wasn't um he wasn't there I believe for the Daniel Jones pick no, so he was he, not. <laughs> so yeah so he hasn't had a chance to get his QB yet and I think that's going to end up being what saves him at least another year is that he's going to get his chance at a, at a QB in the draft cuz the Giants will end up with a top draft pick to get a QB and then that's going to end up uh allowing him to stay stay on uh, Eric what were you going to say about that though well I was- See, my problem is, is that on paper, like, like, like Connor said, they, they had momentum coming into this towards the end of the season last year. And then you know, they, they bring in another weapon for Daniel Jones. Like it, it looks like, I mean, this is, I, mean, I know we're not doing the episode yet. where like what we've got right so far and what we've got wrong so far. But I mean, my God, if there's anything I've got wrong so far, it's the NFC East. I mean, I've been like totally wrong in this division, but. They they had all this momentum like heading into the season. They got a new weapon. Like looks like man, they you know the NFC East is still pretty bad. Like they look like they have a chance to contend for the division maybe or something like that. But then they've just they've lost really horribly. I mean the game against Washington with that penalty at the end. I mean that's bad discipline. Bad discipline comes down to coaching and how they couldn't manage to beat a lowly Falcons team with Matt Ryan who's just been like and like the terrible. worst and like the worst defense in the league like <laughs> yeah like the Falcons are see the problem is they lot it's also like who they've lost to because yes the Broncos are three and oh but they've had a really weak schedule so far Washington has not looked very good and they blew that game and then the Falcons look like one of the worst teams in the NFL to me and you can't even beat them at home so I think the problem for me is that the Gi- if I'm like the Giants ownership is like, yes, it's not a great team. Yes, it's not the quarterback. You know, he didn't draft this quarterback, but it's like the team is getting worse under him. And that that scares me. Like if they were still making some decent progress, I'd say, OK, you can keep your job. You can draft your quarterback. But I, I would be scared as an owner just seeing that the team is getting worse you know, I don't know. <laughs> I I hear you guys. That's why I'm in the middle on this. Is I yeah. I I really think it could go either way. Like, but yeah, that's gonna wrap up the uh, coaching hot seat. So other than you know, we we in in our opinion, we picked the coaches most on the hot seat this season. Uh, I think there's like eight of them. So we'll see at the end of the year what ends up happening. It'll be really fun to go back and look and see. Uh, what we got right and wrong individually on that uh, set of predictions. But let's go ahead and take a look at some more predictions for this upcoming week in the NFL, guys. Like I said, lots of great matchups coming on this week. You've got uh, the three we're going to talk about. You also have Seahawks, San Francisco. That's always a good one. Steelers, Packers. That's like a real traditional type of game there with two blue bloods. Um, Panthers, and then Cowboys, you, Panthers, Cowboys, Raiders, Chargers for the AFC West lead right there. So lots don't, of don't good games. Kind of odds, kind of odd saying that. <laughs> yeah, say so don't forget about Jags Bengals Thursday night primetime. 
the, the Thursday night snooze fest continue. Yeah, the, I, I, I'm, allowed, I'm allowed to say that I'm a Jaguars fan, so I can say that. Okay, <laughs> it's like uh, yeah. it's like uh, you don't want anyone to pick on your sister, but you're allowed to do it. That's that's like uh, you know, Jaguars. <laughs> Sierra, did um, you hear this? Okay. <laughs> oh, man. yeah, but uh, but yeah, so those aren't even they didn't even crack the list as the top three games. So let's go ahead and start with the the first one, um, and that's going to be Arizona at the Rams. This should be a really good game to watch at the four o'clock window. Uh, you have two undefeated teams playing each other, so that's going to be good to watch, and then. Stafford versus Murray, both of them have been off to great starts. Um, the Cardinals' defense has been improving. The Rams already have a great defense. They've got a great offense. But really, I think the Rams are more solidified as a team. But for the Fal- for not the Falcons, the Cardinals, um, to go on the road to L.A. Um, and win this game would be a huge boost for them, I think. Uh, winning an in-division game against a rival like the Rams would mean a lot to the Cardinals. For the Rams, I think it would be just staying the course. I mean, they they just beat the best team in the Buccaneers this past weekend at home. So they're looking to avoid a letdown here. They, they're high on momentum and everything. So this is, I could see this game going either way. Um, I'm going to end up picking the Rams to win this game. I think... Traditionally, whenever Hopkins has faced Ramsey, Ramsey's gotten the better of him in the matchup. And Hopkins still has, he had a rib injury that he played through again last week, and he didn't look the same to me. He really didn't show up that much, just a few catches. They were really throwing to AJ Green a lot. Uh, so, with the, the Cardinals questionable with their best weapon and the fact that uh, Ramsey's going to be covered against him. I'm going to go and pick the Rams in this one. It'll be close, I think, but I'm going Rams at home. Connor, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to be in agreement here. I'm going to go with the Rams. They, in my opinion, they really put up a statement win this past week against the Buccaneers. Like they were never really in danger in that game, um, which honestly, I thought that game was going to be really close, but it was amazing. It was crazy to me to watch and see the way that the Rams just kind of manhandled the Buccaneers in a way, Um, you know, like the Buccaneers still had their moments, but the Rams, like I said, it was never in doubt for them. Matthew Stafford's looking like he could be on his way to an MVP consideration talk. And honestly, I think the biggest surprise for me, that's also going to give the Rams the edge in this game is Sony Michelle looked really good on the ground for them. You know, running backs been a concern for them. Cam Akers obviously went down with the Achilles injury, um, Daryl Henderson again is hurt for like the 500th time. Um, so, and he's like, he might come back for this game. I don't know. I know he's got like a rib injury. Um, we haven't heard anything, but Sony Michelle looked like he could carry the load for them, uh, which is encouraging news for them, especially if it opens up that passing game with Cooper cup and Robert Woods and, you know, Deshaun Jackson kind of turned the clock back in that game too, with a long touchdown. So, um, I think the Rams, like you said, are just the more complete team and being at home, I have to give it to the Rams. What about you, Eric? Yeah, I'm not going to say too much else because I agree. I mean, the Cardinals look like a really good team, but the Rams look like the best team right now in the whole league. So I, I just, I can't pick against them at this point. Sure. This will make um, Uncle Mike happy. 
All right, there you we go. We did guys. you proud, Uncle Mike. We picked your team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all. Has, has there Rams. ever been? A, speaking of which, has there ever been a season where the Rams have been three and zero, but Uncle Mike has been zero and three in fantasy football? Dude. Never. Probably <laughs> not. Honestly, probably not. Uh, the latter, I know for sure, is not. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and Connor, let's get to the this next game uh, in the AFC between these two teams. Yeah, this is definitely an interesting matchup. The Ravens versus the Broncos. Obviously, the Broncos are coming into this game 3-0. and um, You know, the Broncos, they... Obviously, like we said before, they played some pretty weak competition playing the Giants, the Jets, and the... Um, why am I forgetting this already? Um, the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because that's like the one game I didn't see any of. I actually watched some of the game against the Jets and the game against the Giants, but I didn't watch any of that game against the Jags. Um, but yeah, so three teams that are like three of the worst in the league right now. So, um, But despite that, they are 3-0. and The defense is looking good. They are at home. Um, going against the Ravens, which normally I would say that this is probably like heavily in favor of the Ravens, but the Ravens have looked pretty weak at times too. Um, you know, they had a pretty disappointing performance against the Raiders in week one. And then literally had it not been for a missed delay of game and a miracle kick, they would have lost to the lions last week. So, which the lions are one of the worst teams in the league too. Um, so I'm just not sold on this Ravens team. Also, I think like they have that win over the Chiefs, but I think the Chiefs are actually a little bit worse this year. That defense of theirs is probably at the worst it's been in quite a while. So I'm not putting as much merit in that win as I probably normally would have. Um, and also, you know, the Ravens are really banged up still. You know, I think people are forgetting all the injuries that they have. But despite all of that with the Ravens, I am still going to take the Ravens in this game. Um, you know, I'll be pulling hard for the Broncos because uh, anytime the Ravens lose, it's a good day for me. But um, I still think the Ravens are the better team. And I think the Broncos are going to struggle in this game going against better competition. Like it's going to be some growing pains a little bit there for that offense. Uh, Zach, what about you? Yeah, so this this should be a real interesting game to watch. Look for Justin Cuck, Justin Tucker to make every Justin field goal. No. <laughs> He's going to make a 70-yarder in this game in Denver. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, like, yeah, that, that's the thing. In Denver, he can make it from anywhere. But um, I'm going to go actually with the Broncos in this. I think being at home gives them that advantage. Like Connor was talking about, the Ravens haven't been super impressive, especially with their defense, I think. They're just not as fierce of a defense as you would have expected from the Ravens. The Broncos, they're hot right now. I think they feed off the home crowd and win a close one in mile high. Eric, what do you think on this one? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I If the Ravens were fully healthy, I would be picking them. But they just have too many injuries. And Lamar Jackson basically is the offense i mean he's the whole like they have no running game like they have to completely rely on him for that and i, I don't think he's going to be able to do that as well against denver's defense as say you know what he did against like the chiefs or what he did against the lions so i think the Ravens even the lions offense, he struggled against like <laughs> yeah he i mean he had he had a good amount of rushing yards not like not like i mean he tore up the chiefs but um i mean there were some drops though like like i think marquise brown dropped a couple touchdowns in that game <laughs> But yeah, I just I just think they're too banged up. They don't have enough weapons. I think 
I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think Denver wins like 20 to 17 or something like that. But, but I am going to give the edge to Denver. I think Teddy Bridgewater's since he, he can be kind of conservative, but he's consistent. Like he's, he's, you know, he protects the ball. He doesn't turn it over. I think Lamar Jackson will probably have a couple turnovers. Uh, and that'll, that'll be the difference. I think. All right. And then we're going to get to the Sunday night football game here. And I mean, if you're a fan of any team, any you're if you're an NFL fan at all, I think this one has a lot of intrigue in it. And that's going to be the Buccaneers at the Patriots. So, Eric, talk about, obviously, the obvious in this matchup and then what you think is going to happen. Yeah, I was looking at the list and I was like, why did they put this game on here? Why am I talking <laughs> about this game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got who you know many people say is you know, the greatest coach of all time, you know, going against, you know, who a lot of people say is the greatest quarterback of all time. And they used to work together. So, I mean, Tom Brady versus Bill some Belichick. guy named Tom Brady versus yeah, some guy some, named Bill Belichick, <laughs> some 44 year old guy. I don't know. is going to be out there <laughs> against some like 68 year old coach or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah who cares? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, this is going to be an exciting game. Like obviously they, they would have been the NFL would have been crazy if they didn't put this game in uh, Sunday night prime time. Um, but I unfortunately I actually don't know like how exciting of a game this is going to be. I mean obviously you, know, you have the Tom versus Bill thing, but my problem is is I just don't think the Patriots have a competitive enough roster to make this a close game. And you know after you know Tampa lost to LA. Uh, last to the Rams last week, you know, they're going to be coming out playing hard. And obviously, you know, Tom's going to really want this game anyway, but I think he's even more motivated after losing to the Rams last week. I mean, Matt Jones has, you know, struggled a lot throughout the season so far, like really all of the rookie quarterbacks have. And the Patriots just don't have enough weapons to really do anything against this Tampa defense. Um, I know the crowd's going to be hyped up for it and I, obviously Bill really wants it too, but I, I just don't think it's going to be close. I think Tampa is going to win. Like, I'm going to say like 31 to 13. I don't, but what do you guys think? Do you think I'm, do you think I'm wrong? Do you think it'll be close and competitive or do you guys think it'll be a blowout like I do? Um, I think it'll be closer than that. I, I'm going to pick the bucks to win. But I, I do think it's actually going to be kind of close just because really what I'm most interested in seeing is like, how does Bill call the defense against Tom? Because like, if there's anybody that knows Tom Brady, it's him. So it's like, he should know exactly how to stop him, you know, but we'll see if they have the players, like you said, to do it. You know, the Bucks are super talented as a team. Uh, so, (laughs) but I mean, I just want to, this game's got just so much intrigue. Like, I just want to see like what happens if like Brady throws a a touchdown to Gronk, you know, like just the, what happens in the stadium? Like, you know, it's just going to be, I think a crazy game to watch the fact that it's in new England too. So, um, I do think though, it's going to end up being close. It seems like, you know, it's the NFL, so it's, it doesn't matter. You saw the Jaguars have a lead against the Cardinals at halftime. Like who would have ever thought that? So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's close, 
Um, but I'm I'm not going to be crazy. I'm going to pick the Bucks. What about you, Connor? Yeah, I'm actually in more agreement with Zach that I do think it'll be closer just because historically Tom Brady has not done well like or as well against coaches that like know how to scheme defensively against him. Like I remember how much they struggled against the Lions that year when Matt Patricia was the head coach. Like, you know, the Lions went out and beat them, um, <clears throat> you know, so. And like you said, nobody knows Tom Brady or even like nobody knows Rob Gronkowski as well as Bill Belichick does. So I definitely think he's going to have some sort of defensive game plan um, that is going to slow the Bucks down. But ultimately, it is going to be the Patriots offense that holds them back. Like they just don't have the weapons. Um, and like, and even as like not great as the Tampa secondary has been this year, like Mac Jones isn't good enough, in my opinion, to take advantage of that. Um, and the Patriots have next to no run game, which I mean, the Buccaneers have a really good run defense anyway, but you know, that doesn't help matters for a rookie quarterback when your run game's completely non-existent. So, um, I do, like I said, I do still think it'll be close. Like Zach said, the fact it's in new England, um, and it is bill Belichick on the other side, but I would expect Tampa Bay to probably win this, like probably somewhere around like 28 to 21 or something would be my guess. All right, guys. Yeah, so in next week, we're definitely going to have to hear from Nate on this one, like how it goes. Um, <laughs> see, and I'm sure follow him on Twitter at, I think it's crew underscore Nate. Yes. I'm sure he's going to be tweeting about the game and all, all a bunch of things as a Patriots fan and Bill Brady fan. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how he reacts to the game. And let's go ahead, guys, and talk about the lock board now. So week these uh points and and really a good week for everybody eric and i are gonna be tying for third and fourth this week with uh with five points connor and nate uh, tie for first with seven points and it brings the total standings now to a first place tie between eric and connor with 20 points nate is in third place with 16 and i'm in fourth with 10 so I'm 10 points behind the leaderboard at 20 with Eric and Connor tied after three weeks. Um, I did Woo! have the first Air pick. fist bump, Eric. <laughs> yeah, y'all. <laughs> All right, guys. You, you finally, yeah, you're finally feeling how I felt last year now, guys, or at yeah, least for yeah. Eric. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for me. I must say, I was like, I was in the lead for a good portion of last yeah, year. Yeah, so. you and me, you and me were flip-flopping really most of the year. But, uh, but yeah, so I had the first pick in this week's lock draft. I took Mississippi State over LSU, thinking, you know, LSU is on the downfall right now. Mississippi State was at home. Uh, unfortunately, the Bulldogs didn't get off to a great start. And then um, Connor kind of summarized the fail onside oh. kick attempt. <laughs> at the end. But yeah, Mike I mean, that Leach was, was uh, Mike Leach is really stupid. Like that was I couldn't believe what he did there where like they. It was pretty clear. Well, first of all, the onside kick only went six yards. And, like, the Mississippi State guy, like, clearly touched it first. So, you know, illegal touching LSU ball. And Mike Leach still, like, even though it was really obvious, he still challenged it. And, like, Mississippi State still had a timeout left. So, like, they wouldn't have had a great chance. But at least if they could have stopped LSU, they would have gotten it back with at least maybe, like, 30, 40 seconds. And especially with the college rule, like, stopping the clock on a first down, like, they could have tried something, but 
him doing that like wasted their last time out so then lsu was just able to kneel it for the rest of the way so i was like dude like what are you doing like dumb. yeah so not happy about that um but round two was better for me i picked baylor to beat uh, iowa state a five-point game uh i just wasn't really buying into the iowa state hype i thought baylor uh, was a little underrated still i you know i know they had a bad year last year but still i think baylor's got a good enough team to to pull off an upset like that. And they were able to do so kind of dramatically at the end. Iowa State uh, had a two-point conversion attempt to to tie the game. They failed, and that's how Baylor won. So came right down to the end. But Baylor hold on, held on to win that game, and I got five points for it. And then I picked Florida State over Louisville for a two-point possibility. I thought – I know FSU has been really bad this year, but I thought, hey, like, they have to win a game, like – you know, it seems like they're at home, like they're, you know, maybe they got just so tired of losing that this is finally they're going to wake up now and win a game. Like, they still have some decent players, but yeah, they... FS they, useless. <laughs> they, were, they were bad. They, they did come back in the second half to make it look like a closer game, but the first half was really bad. They just couldn't stop Louisville at all. Um and so they they failed on giving me points there. So I just ended up with five points this week from that one game I got right. Eric, you had the second pick in this draft. Talk about your three picks now and your strategy behind them. Yeah, this was actually this is actually my first week to get to talk about my log boards. So I'm excited to get to do that. Pretty excited about how I'm doing so far. So uh, definitely we'll see if that lasts. But with my first pick, I was very happy to get uh, a three-point play with Arkansas over Texas A&M. Uh, I know like Connor had that as his first priority and Zach had it as like his second priority. So I was fortunate with where I was drafting that I was able to get that one. And it ended up paying off as Arkansas ended up beating them. Texas A&M just, they seem like probably one of the most overrated, like number seventh rate team in the country that I've ever seen. And Arkansas was hot, so I I felt like Arkansas could get that win, and they did. And um, my second pick was my incorrect pick. Uh, I picked Kansas State over Oklahoma State. Um, looking at Oklahoma State's track record this season, they were undefeated, but it was against all a bunch of like small schools, and they were like barely beating them. So I wasn't really that impressed with them. So I thought Kansas State would handle that, but I don't know. It's crazy because like it was either like week one or week two of the lock board last year I took Kansas State in a five-point upset and they won for me and gave me those points but every time I picked them since then they've lost so I don't so know keep maybe, picking them is the the, yeah, the thing right <laughs> maybe they're telling me to steer clear you know no but no I, no totally keep picking them keep getting those wrong <laughs> but kind of like exactly with the FSU thing it's like they're gonna get one for me eventually right you know but so that one I got wrong. And then uh, finally, I had the Saints over the Patriots as a two-point play. Um, I was kind of surprised that New England was favored to win that game. I know New Orleans had, a, had recently had a bad week against Carolina, but Carolina seems like the real deal and right now. And I wasn't too like swayed by that loss. And then New England, while they had just beat the Jets, like everybody's beating the Jets right now. So... I, I wasn't really necessarily impressed that New England had won that game and that they were favored. So I was pretty confident with that pick that the Saints would get that dub, and they did for me. So 
uh, happy to get five more points, although Connor did gain on me. So uh, definitely excited for the rest of the season. But Connor, uh, talk about your picks. Yeah, well, you know, unfortunately for me, instead of having seven points, I would have gotten a nice perfect 10 points this week if uh, you hadn't stolen that Arkansas over Texas A&M game from me. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's how the draft goes. Um, so unfortunately, since Eric stole that from me, my first pick was Stanford over UCLA. You know, I thought UCLA was coming off a pretty ugly loss. Um, and Stanford, you know, they had pulled off a surprise win over USC. Um, and Stanford wasn't home. So I thought, you know, maybe I'd take Stanford in that game. Um, for a three-pointer. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. Uh, UCLA kind of controlled that game from the start. Stanford had a point where they kind of started coming back, but after that, they just kind of fell off again. So that didn't work out for me. But thankfully, then my second round pick, um, I was the only one to pick this. I was pretty surprised like when we made our boards, um, and that was NC State over Clemson. Um, Clemson, to me, just looked like a huge dumpster fire this year. I, I don't know how they were still ranked number nine, um, you know, I guess it was just based off of merit, really. Like, they were kind of waiting for them to lose. Um, so, in NC State, like, even though they had a pretty bad loss to Mississippi State the week before, you know, they looked really strong in their two weeks before that. So, um, especially with the fact that NC State was at home, and this is a big rivalry, um, you know, NC State really wanted to get that monkey off their back and beat Clemson. And it was a really close game, but NC State pulled it out, so that was good for five points. And then... Just like I talked about on the podcast last week, I had this in my lockboard too. We talked about the Rams and the Bucks game, and I was the only one that ended up going with the Rams, and it paid off for me. Uh, the Rams did manage to beat the Bucks in a pretty, pretty decisive game, um, so that got me the two points and the seven point week to lead me to tie with Eric for first place. All right, and then uh, Nate his. Uh, his lock board, he had all greens on his, picking Minnesota over Seattle for two points, Atlanta over the Giants for two points, and then Notre Dame over Wisconsin for three points. So Nate got all of his right. He was happy on every pick he made. Uh, total him seven points this week. Next week's lock board, Eric has the first pick. I've got the second pick. Nate has pick three, and Connor's got the last pick in the draft. So that's how next week's will go. Um, and then, Connor, give us a fantasy football update for our podcasters <sighs> league. Yeah. So, unfortunately, uh, when we recorded this yesterday, when we thought we were going to get to this point, but we didn't, you know, we were feeling pretty good yesterday. We went in, we, we were up 111 to uh, about 96 with we had Debo Samuel left and our opponent, uh, the Feeling Lucky podcast, had Devontae Adams left. And unfortunately, uh, Devontae Adams went off for 30 points and Debo Samuel only had 9.7 and we ended up taking the L for the third straight week. Um, and the part that I think really hurts the most about this was the fact that we lost by about five points and the Washington football team defense had negative six. So if they had only, if they had just gotten zero points, like we would have won. So that's honestly the part about this that hurts the most. Um, Spoiler alert, they will not be on our team next week. Uh, we're, we're in the market for a new defense because um, they've been downright awful this year, despite being one of the most hyped defenses coming into the year. Um, two points through three weeks is not good. So unfortunately, shout out to the Feeling Lucky podcast. You beat us. I really thought we were going to win. Thank you, Washington, for making us 0-3. <laughs> 
Yeah, not not where we wanted to be as a podcast after three weeks. Hey, but... well, at, at least for my sake, you know, in my opinion, our biggest rivals in this podcast league group, Brody Sports Talk, I believe they're also 0-3, so... You know, I'm all right. That well, makes me feel a little bit better about our situation. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And we will close the show out by going around the NCAA. So uh, continuing the college football topics at the end of the show. Um, and really, there was it was a pretty wild week in college. It's really been kind of wild all season with how Clemson and Ohio State have looked. Uh, you see totally different standings than you did week one. Even Oklahoma's look bad. Like it's really looking like it's going to be between Alabama and Georgia in the championship game. But um, I just kind of want to talk about two conferences in particular um, and see where you guys feel on them. Like we'll start with the ACC, uh, where Clemson. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so looking at the the ACC, it's like it's totally up in the air with who's going to win it. Um, Connor, what do you think? Who do you think ends up winning it right now? Like, I know you're not impressed with any of it, but um, would you yeah. take the field over Clemson still? Like, oh, Connor, you went muted there. Yeah. All right. Um, Eric, can you hear me? Sorry, yeah. sorry about that. Sorry about that. I hit the oh, wrong okay. button. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, I was, like, like, uh, I was like, oh, crap, crap. I was like, I hit the wrong button. Um, so I went to go look at the standings on my phone and I accidentally hit the leave call button. Um, good thing I wasn't recording. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I um, I guess in my opinion, I probably would take the field over Clemson just because, I mean, I think Clemson, the problem for them now I mean, this is the problem for any team. Like, whenever you lose a conference game, like, the team that beat you, you have to hope that they lose twice, which is the problem. So, at least for them, especially in the Atlantic, like, now they have to hope that NC State loses twice um, in the conference. And, I mean, really for me, I mean, it's just interesting to see, like, the this is really weird to me, the fact that Wake Forest is on top of the Atlantic Division right now at 4-0, 2-0 in the conference, but... You know, I know they haven't played any conference games yet, but Boston College of all schools is 4-0 right now. Like, I don't think I would anyone would have saw that coming. And then, so, I mean, really both of these divisions are up in the air. Like, I could see any of the three between Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson winning the Atlantic. Um, like, I don't think Boston College is going to be able to keep it up. But I think even more interesting is the Coastal. Like, Virginia Tech's on top right now, but... Like, Georgia Tech obviously had that big win over UNC, who was supposed to be, like, one of the better teams. Miami, who was supposed to be one of the better teams, is 2-2. Two and two. Um, Like, Virginia's had a couple ugly losses. So, it's I just think it's too up in the air to not pick the field, just because, honestly, I feel like anyone could win this at this point. It's not like there's, you know, two or three teams that are front-running to compete with Clemson. I feel like there's at least like four or five teams that could compete with Clemson to win this conference. So it's, <laughs> I mean, it's unfortunate for the ACC because obviously this pretty much means that none of the teams are going to make the college football playoff. But, um, you know, nonetheless, for me as an ACC uh, watcher, I guess I, I don't know if I'll call myself an ACC fan just because I like an <laughs> ACC team. But as an ACC watcher, this is going to be a very, very fun football season to watch to see who comes out on top. 
Yeah, and then another conference, too, is the Big Ten, where it's like we really don't know what's going to happen. You have, you know, ranked up highly. You have Penn State and Iowa, but I'm not sold on Iowa. And Penn State, I'm really not sold on either, but I think they're just by de facto, like, status. They're in the top four. Um, I know they beat Auburn at home, but still, like, you've got Ohio State, who's looked pretty bad who's still, they're ranked at 11. Um, then you have Michigan, who's undefeated, but the best team they've played is Rutgers. You have Michigan State, who almost lost to Nebraska, um, who had a an upset win against uh, Miami a couple weeks ago. Like, it's really all over the place. Also, like, I, I just don't know what's going to happen in the Big Ten. But if I had to pick Ohio State or the field, I'm definitely picking the field. Um not so much that I think there's teams clearly better than Ohio State, but just I just don't trust Ohio State. Like Connor was talking about Clemson. I mean, they're three and one now. They had that loss against Oregon. Uh, they've struggled against some other bad teams. Like um, the Big Ten, it's going to be interesting. It's a, it's another fun one to watch. Like the it's just totally different uh, sort of landscape this year than what. We- with the way teams are ranked um and so let's take a look real quickly at the standings here guys some of the biggest risers and fallers you have on the rising side you have arkansas moving up eight spots to number eight in the country so arkansas cracks the top 10 uh and then you have michigan moving up five spots uh after beating Rutgers. so they are up to number 14 now and then Big fallers, I mean, big-time fallers here. Clemson fell 16 spots. They're still ranked at 25. Just holding on to a thread there at 2-2, and being ranked at 25. And then you have Texas A&M, who lost with Arkansas, basically flipped spots with Arkansas. So that, that just shows you the volatility in the rankings this week. You know, three teams uh, moved eight, eight spots, basically, or more in the ranking. So um, I know we've been doing this every week, but taking a look at the top 25 here, do you guys have any problems with the rankings right now? Me personally, like I still think Penn state is a little too high at four. I would honestly, it sounds kind of crazy, but I would probably put Arkansas up a little higher. Um, maybe to number six. I, I, I'm not going to put them in Arkansas in the top four, but I would move Arkansas up a couple spots. I think I would move Notre Dame and Florida both up and kind of move shift Penn State and Iowa down a little bit and maybe Oklahoma up a spot. But uh, what about what about you guys? Do you have any problems with the rest of the list or at uh, the top as well? I mean, I'd probably, as of right now, I'd probably keep Penn State and Iowa where they are. Um, I think, in my opinion, what I would do, actually, is I'd probably... I, I do agree, I think Arkansas and Notre Dame need to move up. Um, Florida, I'm not so sure if I'd move them up yet. Like, I definitely still think they're deserving of a top-10 spot, but I don't know if I'd move them up above these two teams. But I would put Arkansas and Notre Dame above Oklahoma and Cincinnati. Like, Oklahoma, they look to be really vulnerable. Um you know, had it not been for a couple things going the wrong way, like West Virginia would have beaten them last week. Spencer Rattler was supposed to be the Heisman favorite coming into the season, and he's looked downright awful for the most part. Um, so, I mean, like, 
you know, Oklahoma is definitely vulnerable, especially playing in that Big 12 conference. Like, I could definitely see someone like Baylor or Oklahoma State or even Kansas State beating them this year. Um, and then, honestly, in my opinion, that would probably spell the end of the Big 12 for the most part. Because I think this conference, kind of like the ACC, is going to cannibalize itself. Um, and then with Cincinnati, like, I just don't think they're that strong. Um you know, I think I know Nate's talked about this before. Like, I don't think Cincinnati's deserving of a top 10 spot right now. Um, like, honestly, if I had to pick the best non power five team right now, I mean, not counting Notre Dame, because I still kind of think of them as an ACC team, really, um, even though they're not technically one in football. But um, between the group of five conference teams, I'd probably put BYU, who's like also an independent um, like Notre Dame, but I'd probably put BYU as a better team than Cincinnati. They have a lot more quality wins, in my opinion, than Cincinnati. So, um, and also, I think Coastal Carolina is really good. I don't know if they're better, if Coastal Carolina is better than Cincinnati, but I definitely think BYU is. Um, and I think just going back to your point about the Big Ten, I think everyone, you know, I'm, I hate to say this, but I think everyone is sleeping a little bit on Ohio State. Like, I definitely think that Penn State's the favorite in the Big Ten at the moment, um, but. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Ohio State still came out on top at the end. I think they're really just having some growing pains early in the season. And, I mean, they lost to Oregon, but Oregon is a pretty good team. Um, and so, I mean, especially, like, anyone who can come into Columbus and beat Ohio State, like, that's a pretty good team. So um, I'm not so sure that Ohio State's out of it yet. But it's it's definitely going to be interesting, And like you said, with these rankings, like, Clemson, honestly, is just holding on by name recognition. Like, if they weren't Clemson University, they'd be out of the top 25 right now. <laughs> like, they're just there to say that Clemson's there. All right. And, Eric, I'll let you, uh, if you have anything to talk about with the rankings, the rankings. is there something you would change with yeah. them? So good thing it's all the stuff where you went really robo right there. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I got the gist of what you were saying. Yeah, I... I agree with a lot of what you guys said about the top 10. Um, I think the top 10 overall is pretty solid minus maybe a couple like moves. Like I really like what Connor talked about, but my main thing for me was just, I don't really see how Michigan moved up five spots for beating Rutgers. I mean, that it's not really that impressive of a win to me. I don't really see what they did to get to move up five spots, but um Especially when they almost lost that game, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like they beat him 63 to nothing or something. Like, I don't know. That that was actually a scary game for them, too. So, uh, so I, yeah, I don't – Michigan, I think, is overrated. But most of them, I think, are pretty close within, like, a spot or two. I don't think there's anybody that's like, oh, they should be way higher. They should be way lower. I Like, I think overall it's pretty good. But I agree. I agree with Connor. I would have – I would have Arkansas and Notre Dame up another spot or two. And while I would, I guess for right now is deserving of being ranked fifth. I do agree with Zach that I I'm really not that impressed with Iowa. Uh, they beat Iowa state, but Iowa state's also been really bad. And I don't, they, they just haven't, uh, and they struggled last week too. I forgot who they played, but Colorado state. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, so yeah, there's my point there. So I, I'm not really, a, <laughs> not really, a, I'm not really, a, not, <laughs> Not really a not really a believer in Iowa. I don't see them staying there, but yeah, still a long way to go. So I'm not like too upset by these rankings, but um, it's been more intriguing. I've paid a little bit more attention to college football than I normally do. So mainly because of the lock word. So 
thanks for the Lockboard Ideas Act. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I can concur with Eric. I've watched more college football since we started the Lockboard than I did before. <laughs> yeah, like, especially since my college football team, Tennessee, sucks so bad. Like, I haven't really had a reason to pay attention, but thanks to the Lockboard, I've watched a lot more of it and paid more attention. So yeah, I, you I'm watch some more... random Big 12 games and stuff like that that you normally wouldn't care about. <laughs> yeah, like, which I didn't get to watch it because of uh, work, but, like, if I was home, like, I would have probably tried to tune into the kansas state oklahoma state game or like when i was well, especially especially because it was funny because i didn't get to watch that game but especially for you since you live in texas you'd probably get the big 12 network i would think because i don't think i do i think i only have the sec network but that's um, weird considering that like half the freaking teams in the big 12 are in texas I know. <laughs> I, it makes no sense but yeah but i mean like last week when i was uh in jacksonville if i could have watched it I would have watched the San Diego State Utah game. I I would have normally I would never give you know two craps about that, but like I had them on the lock board, so I wanted to watch it. So <laughs> I mean, uh, but funny, so it's, it's a lot more fun with the lock board being involved. Yeah, and funny speaking to like you know it doesn't make sense what networks you get. I mean, you know, living in North Carolina, it makes sense that I get the ACC network and the SEC network, but like for some reason I also get the Big Ten network, and I'm like, um, there's like no Big Ten teams within. Like four hundred Maryland, 500. yeah, but like I don't, I don't know Maryland. Oh, I, like, I, I feel like I still think of Maryland as an ACC team too. Like, even though they've probably been what's in the happened big- with Maryland? I haven't even seen them show up in any of our. Like, are they playing football? Because I haven't heard <laughs> anything about Maryland. I'm, I'm I'm being honest right here. Like, I don't know. I don't Can know, we get a fact check that Maryland's played football this year? Because I haven't seen it. <laughs> like I said, I always forget about them because, like, they literally like went to the Big Ten just to get all that money and just suck even more at football. Like, they were at least like sometimes competitive in the ACC, but they haven't even been like slightly relevant in the Big Ten. So I don't, I don't know. But other, like, at least other than Maryland, like there are literally no Big Ten teams within yeah. like seven hundred miles of here. So. <laughs> And also, yeah. I get why they do the color thing they do, but I mean, can we agree that Maryland has like the ugliest uniform combination? And oh well, because well, they try to history? they try to put like the Maryland flag on their helmet, and it's like got all those weird, like you said, color combinations of like gray and black and red and yellow, and yellow, and, like, yeah, like every I, single color. They're trying to put it together, but they're not in the right order, so it looks weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time I, which it's not been very often, but whenever I have seen a Maryland game, I'm like. <laughs> What am I looking at? Like, I'm not missing everybody. <laughs> like how you clarify that. It's not been often. Like, you're trying to, like, make it seem like it's cool. You're trying to be like, I don't watch Maryland. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're trying I mean, to be cool. Like, I'm not well, a Maryland you know, watcher. They're not a, you know, they're not a rival of Tennessee. Or, yeah. Like, like you said, they haven't been showing up in the lock board. So I haven't had a reason to be like, ooh, let me check this out so i don't let me let me check out this like maryland versus northwestern game like ooh, (laughs) yeah yeah so i don't know i don't know why like with that and the colorado state thing i don't know where this is all coming from but it's been fun though so (laughs) (laughs) who exactly i I said about tennessee too i just my own team to see like if you're if you're, if you're a colorado state or maryland fan listen to this you can't be like Oh, he's dissing my team. Like I diss my own team. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, if your team's got to get better, sometimes you have to diss your own team, especially when I mean, like for you guys knowing as being like Jags fans and stuff, it's like you know, 
Honestly, yeah. it's like you sometimes have to hate, hate on no your There's no defending like, it. Like, I, I know. What's well, no. like, I mean, you, if you hear any of our NBA episodes, I like to hate on the Charlotte Hornets for all yeah, their dumb free, all their dumb free <laughs> I mean, agent moves that they make. My NFL team has lost 18 games in a row, and I can't remember the last time my college team won a game that wasn't against like Michigan State's Institute of Technology or something. So, like, <laughs> or like Vanderbilt, know. Vanderbilt, or someone yeah, like that. Oh, we, we beat Vanderbilt. Yeah. That was our one SEC win, guys. Vanderbilt. We, we, we beat our little brother. Good job, guys. That was the part that was crazy. Y'all couldn't even beat Kentucky last year, which is like normally a guaranteed win. Uh, Kentucky's gotten better, and Tennessee's gotten worse. So, yeah, it's yeah. Like, things are bad for Tennessee that's for sure but we randomly beat South Carolina every year too I know every, every two or three years every two or three years we beat South Carolina yeah we'll play we'll I mean play, Apple, um, I mean Appalachian yeah. State managed to beat South Carolina so South Carolina has fallen on hard times too but we'll randomly like every couple of years like be close with Georgia at halftime it'll be like oh it's close against Georgia yeah, well, that's what we did to Florida second. last week. That's what we did yeah, Florida last week. That, yeah, that was probably so. our one game where we looked like we might beat a big team, but then we score zero points in the yeah. second half. See, and, and then we're going to get later in the year, and like Alabama's going to beat y'all like 52 to 14 or something. Like, Connor, yeah. can we not even go there? Like, I'll, I'll <laughs> work. I'm not going to watch. <laughs> oh, all right, guys. I don't, the... I don't know where that all came from. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, though. It was fun. Yeah. Sorry that we offended Maryland and Colorado State. That wasn't planned, guys. But um, that's going to wrap this episode up, guys. Everybody, thanks for listening and watching. Uh, let us know on Twitter if you have any suggestions for future episodes, you know, topics to discuss and stuff like that. You can find us on Twitter at Clutch Crew Sport. And until next time, guys, remember be clutch. Bye. Peace. <laughs>